1: and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset.
0: We are 1,090 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. And on a very special day, a very special co-host, Lord Marty Foster. Lord
1: Foster, how are you? I'm jolly good, thank you very much. Um, How about you chaps? I can call you chaps, can't I?
0: I think so, yes. We've known each other long enough now you can say that. By that,
1: I don't mean the over trousers that cowboys wear. Yeah, uh, yeah. they glad
0: is, you th- those are those are not chaps, those are chaps. So you have to yeah. make the distinction there. Oh I never
1: yeah. knew that. Thank you. Every day's yes. a learning day.
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed it is. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Bruce, how are you? Healthy and alive. You'll probably hear in the background, maybe, uh the sounds of progress. Yes, Bruce. We hear that you've restarted the industrial revolution at your piece of property. <laughs> currently, yes, we've yes, we've heard yeah, that. You yeah. currently have a uh, a construction site in the room next to you. Yes, we we know. Yeah, quite literally, actually. Well, that's good. That's good. It's I'm glad that it's very exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm glad it's getting it? done. So, um, It'll be fun when it's all done. Yes, yes, it will because he'll actually be able to use his kitchen again. The poor guy. All right, so. Uh, getting into the events of the day, uh, and we've got quite a bit to discuss, uh, Marty, you'd like to lead off with the uh, the UK. I've got some audio from there. We can talk about the uh, the big scandal that's going on over there that means absolutely nothing, the the pound of flesh that they're going to throw out there. We can talk about that with uh, Matt Hancock, your favorite ex-health
1: minister. We can talk about it's your current about...
0: unelected prime minister, Mr. Sunak. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's It's all about distraction. The art of warfare is distraction and uh, we're being distracted by this current output from the media and from Downing Street. Yeah, today Rishi Sunak has announced that it's going to be written into law that if you arrive uh, illegally in this country, that is to say without any kind of uh, documentation that you will be denied the ability to claim asylum. Uh, And the simple fact is that it's going to do nothing. It's going to change nothing. He said something along the lines, and you're about to play it anyway, but he said something along the lines of, um, we want to stop people falling into the hands of criminal gangs. Well, he's part of a criminal gang. He's part of the WEF. He's a criminal himself. He's he's unelected, he's unpopular, and an un, unwanted So I I can't wait for him to achieve whatever the WEF wants him to achieve. And then he can butt the hell out of our politics. But it will just be replaced by some other fraud and fake.
0: Indeed. Uh, You know, and I don't mean any disrespect from what I'm about to say, because we certainly have our own share of a uh, of a so-called leader that looks like an absolute failure standing up there. But when I see this guy, just like when I look at Macron or I look at Biden or I look at Trudeau any of these people. When I look at these people and I see their demeanor, w- when I see the way that they present themselves, I just naturally see that that look of just weakness. Does that sound right? Do you, do you think
1: that that's, that's accurate? Well, think- I've just given that about 10 seconds thought while you were finishing your sentence. Uh-huh. And quite often, all I need is 10 seconds of thought. <laughs> To formulate an opinion. A considered um, and informed opinion. A considered and informed opinion, which you are welcome to and entitled to, for that matter. The thing is, Biden, Trudeau, this <laughs> prick, sorry, Rick E. Sunak, they're not alphas. They're beta males at very best. The trouble is they've got wealth and they've got influence somehow. And we we need to be a bit careful. Um because I I like an alpha male. I'm one myself. And I respect. It, it's kind of intrinsic to respect someone who portrays as powerful and strong. But just because you're powerful and strong doesn't mean you're right. But... It makes people like sunak biden and trudeau even harder for people like us to 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 accept because they are so physically weak they're, they're not someone you'd want to follow into battle are they
0: no not at all and i i don't i don't get motivated usually there's like a a general or a field marshal up there in front of his troops giving a nice uplifting speech like you'd see in uh you know uh what, what was the um uh, what was the the movie with uh, Mel Gibson? Shaving Ryan's uh, privates. No, not that. Not that. the The movie with oh, uh, We Were Warriors with Mel Gibson. No, no, no. the The one where he's uh, in Scotland. What was it? Oh, piss off! It's Mel Gibson again, it's Braveheart. Braveheart, you Braveheart that it. was it. Yes, 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 yes. That's <laughs> the
1: biggest work of fiction Hollywood has ever produced.
0: I'm talking about the speech, you know, that kind of stuff. Just the the way, or you would. Okay, different example. You read about the the battles that the Romans would go into, and the, the field marshal or the you know the general would be riding in front of his troops and giving this big uplifting, motivating speech, and they would all go charging off into battle. These people. I see them speak with a look on their face and I'm like, get off the stage. I don't even want to hear from you.
1: You know, um, but I'm I'm digressing slightly, but uh, the way in which a Roman cohort or century led by a centurion, which was funny actually because there was only actually 80 people led by a centurion, the front line were all the young ones, the inexperienced ones who hadn't been in the legion that long. The next line had been in for a while and the third rank were the ones that are just about ready for retirement. Like that guy, uh, that's another one of uh, Mel Gibson's films, isn't it? The cop who's, who's just a few days off retirement. I can't remember who played that in Lethal Weapon. Anyway, the whole idea was that the rear rank would stick their Gladius into the back of the the middle rank, if they started to even think about running, and the middle rank would not falter in giving the front rank a bit of a prod with their sword if if they thought about running and that's very much what we've got building up in our political world at the moment. We've got all these front runners that are new to it, and uh, but behind them uh, are people with a knife into their back, and behind them, somebody else with a knife into their back, all forcing things in one way. But no, getting back to your point, Richie Sunak doesn't inspire me. He could never inspire me, uh, apart from maybe to commit crimes. That's a fair
0: point. Uh, all right. Here he is standing up at the podium, giving his speech just a little while ago.
2: We will detain those who come here illegally and then remove them in weeks, either to their own country, if it is safe to do so, or to a safe third country like Rwanda. And once you are removed, you will be banned, as you are
0: in America and Australia, from ever re-entering our country. Um. I don't believe we do that. Bruce, is there some kind of a revelation that I that's happened over there that I'm unaware of that we deport someone and then they aren't allowed back? You know, every other week we're seeing a a story somewhere about uh, an innocent person that got killed by someone that was deported 15 times. So did I? Yeah, I miss something somewhere or 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 what? No, that's that's the going trend. And and in fact, uh, we just had a, a restaurant here. That was shut down fairly recently because of uh, exactly that they had. Um, it was a laund- basically literally like a laundering scheme, but with uh, immigrants, illegals. Um, so they would come in and work there. And then uh, within like a year or so, they would cycle them out to a new job and they would just keep rotating them. And they, anyway, the, the company was caught and uh, shut down. It's a shame, too, because those are some of the best Mexican food restaurants you'll ever go to. Yeah, pretty good. They they really are. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not, not being condescending at all. I'm not I'm not being sarcastic because believe me, I've I've gone to Mexican restaurants in other countries and the food's terrible. I mean, no no disrespect to the people that work there, but you just can't beat real good Mexican food prepared
1: by real Mexicans. If you say so, I'm not a big fan myself. I said as i said i had chilli this evening but that's actually texan i believe rather than than mexican no i'm not, i'm not a real fan of the quesadilla the taco the burrito i like lots of different foods but you can't beat a really thick ribeye fries mushrooms onion rings and a nice healthy salad to go with all that stuff i think you, you just can't beat that but um sunak back to sunak and his um getting rid of them, removing them. Where are they going to remove them to? You're not going to get France agreeing to take them, not without their filthy hands out for more British money. They're already
0: taking them. The French are. What do you, I mean, the, the, the inflatable boats they're coming yeah, across they're the channel from but they're getting take
1: them. They're, they're, they're taking them to the UK. Yeah, of course they are. But they are supposed to seek asylum in the first safe country if they are refugees. And I heard some uh, left-wing idiot, there's no other word for it, I'm glad you brought that um, up, but go on. (laughs) arguing the point about that they're not all Albanian. They're not, the majority are not Albanians but you've got so many different countries that these migrants are from. You've got Afghanistan, Iran, um, Syria, uh, North African countries, sub-Saharan African countries like Eritrea. But the biggest of these minorities are Albanians who are not at war. It is a safe country, but they ditch their passports and come ashore and put in an asylum claim. And for Sunak to say will send them away they've not sent one person not one person has reached that holiday camp in rwanda that the british government has spent around about 30 million on getting it set up and and further money to the uh, rwandan government for keeping that open as an option and i heard some joker tonight he was a brexit party mep and i can't remember what his name is but it was on GB News tonight, and he was saying, oh, we've got the Falkland Islands and we've got the Ascension Islands. You're talking about uh, around about 1,000 to 4,000 people a week. If they were all properly scooped up and those without papers put on aircraft to Ascension Islands at five to 6,000 miles away and then the Falkland Islands at 9,000 miles away, the Royal Air Force flights would be doing nothing but that. So they're all talking nonsense. We do have to do something, but all of this is just a distraction. It's just a way of pandering to the people who are unhappy about the number of illegal immigrants coming into the UK on an almost daily basis because and the irish. We're, we're oh, the irish are yeah, absolutely they're very threadbare with it they are very upset but then again and so are the germans that's well that's the eu for you and that's their problem i no longer care about southern ireland germany france belgium uh italy or any of the other countries that make up the eu because they have never cared about the UK, despite the fact that the UK has saved them from the Nazi jackboot twice, or, you know, German um, invasions that, and, and rebuilt those countries as well with our taxpayers' money. There's no gratitude in Europe at all. There's just me, 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 me. The French are striking and complaining because their pensionable age, uh, Macron is trying to increase it to 64 instead of 62. I'd love to be if this country had a uh, an old age pension at the age of 62, even 64. It's moving into 67, 71, uh, and again, I've gone off on a right tangent there. So what else did you want to talk about?
0: Right. So we've covered the fact that you hate all of continental Europe now. Uh, it's, uh, Didn't say
1: hate. Didn't say hate. <laughs> hate is a very strong word. Well, let's what be I honest. What I said was I no, long, I no longer care.
0: Yeah. Well, the fact is, is that you guys are still in the European Union, whether you want to be or not. You notice you guys haven't actually left yet.
1: I know. And it upsets me every time you say it because yeah. it's true.
0: Yeah, it is true.
1: Uh but
0: here is a uh here's a clip of um some of these, uh, what do you call them? Le- the left-wing people that go out in the streets to hold up their little placards. What, what do you call them? The, the woke ones? Uh, libtards. L- libtards. That's it. That's it. You got it. Libtards. Here's a group of them that are out there with their little placards saying refugees welcome. This Now, they're being asked, would you take any of these coming into our countries? Would you take any of these into your home? And it's a fair question. It's a fair question. Listen to their responses.
2: I just noticed your placard said refug- refugees welcome here. I was just wondering if you'd like to go down on a list saying you're willing to take the refugees into your home? Of course not. Uh, only problem is I rent. You rent? Yeah. Maybe an issue? Yeah, because they've got well, they've put nine bedrooms in a four bedroom house. So we're pretty much so simply actually adopt a refugee and take them into your home? Well, if I had any space, I if would. If you had any yeah, space, it would, wouldn't be right. a nice place to bring them because yeah. it's a bit overcrowded. Right. But yes, if I had the space, definitely. Thank you yeah. very much yeah. for that love. Pop one into your home? Yeah, um, I live in a rental place so I can... Rental. Yeah, yeah. You can't do it. Yeah, yeah. It's someone else's job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, I can't. You can't, can't take I can't. one. I don't have I don't have I don't, don't have I don't have, a, don't I don't have a space. No, I don't have the space. I, I Do you don't have a refugee stay at your house? Yeah, I don't mind. you go on the list? I don't mind. Yeah, I can't it. Give me the little thing. Oh wait, I can't because my house is only a little small and Amazing then- would you be willing to have a refugee in your home? Uh, uh, yes, if I had room. If you had room. It's funny, that. To adopt a refugee? No, thank you. No, thank you. Any reason no, in feeling? No, I don't. What sort of refugee are you talking about? <laughs> Excuse me? Would you be willing to adopt a refugee into your home? Uh, no. No. So, sorry,
1: I can't... Would you adopt a refugee into your home? No, uh, thank you. No? No, no? Adopt a
3: refugee? Erm... Um, I would be willing, yeah, if I had the space. Yeah. If you had the space. Yeah. So where should we put them then? Where should we put them? Yeah, uh, there's,
1: uh, there's plenty of people who, uh, who have done Who are you, mate? Uh, my name's Jim, who are you? My name's Alistair. I'm already adopted a refugee,
2: thanks. What does racism mean to you?
1: It means not equality for um, those who don't can't belong here. For
2: so those that don't belong here? Yeah. Amazing.
0: So there you have it. The nice, uh, hypocritical people. love uh,
1: I love that clip because whenever there's been a group of right wing protesters, you know the the useful idiots that that got involved, particularly so that they could clash with Antifa and uh, and and the, the left wing to create a situation where the police have to come in. The journalists and and reporters always picked the most stupid, inarticulate piece of crap amongst that right-wing crowd to say anything which just made the whole argument look ridiculous what that guy has done and actual in actual fact he had a harder job because these libtards are educated people they're people who actually have have probably have got jobs but they are virtue signaling wets is 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 the only way I can describe them. And he's picked some out that have all come with that caveat. Oh, yeah, of course I would. Yes, yes. But I haven't got the room. Sorry, no. If I had enough room, of course I would. But they also don't have an answer. I was taught in my time as a consultant, never offer criticism of something unless you've got a solution. And these wits have not got a solution. You know, this country is too small. We have an infrastructure that hasn't had the money spent on it like the rest of Europe has. Um, Our schools are full. We've got all of these kids now with more special educational needs due to a number of reasons that are basically making it impossible for particularly primary school teachers to... Be effective and and to teach the syllabus because they're spending too much time sorting out people's behaviour. But what they're also doing is having to teach kids who don't speak a word of English. And particularly in the inner city areas, it's getting worse and worse. Our hospitals, our, our NHS, has been run into the ground by successive governments because we know that the plan is to a reduce our population. And the second part of that is for those that are privileged enough to be left for them to have private medical health care. So our schools are under attack, our housing market and available housing is under attack, and our hospitals are under attack. And, you know, the job market is being falsely created. There are jobs for these people, but that's because... The worst part of British society, the underclass that I've talked about before, that have had successive generations on benefits and handouts, refuse to work. They all want to be social media influencers or a football player or a DJ or a reality television star. They don't want to be a laborer uh, they don't want to be a, a mechanic or a, or a, a plumber uh, or a nurse even that's why we're having to get all our nurses in from the rest of the world so another country that is less well off than us has trained their medical health professionals and then the first thing that they think about is where can I go and earn earn more money not can I stay here and look after my sick people where can I go and earn the money? And that's what's happening. So these people who welcome refugees, genuine, real refugees who are in fear for their life if they remain in their country of origin, are welcome. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Financial migrants can f**k off.
0: Yeah, and I think it goes to a a larger point there. You mentioned about uh, all the different aspects that are overwhelmed. I I think that, again, and this goes to a a bigger point that we're going to talk about later, not today, but uh, we've got to uh, do a lot of research before we get into it. But The plan is to overwhelm our social systems to where the system just becomes so inundated that it's not even accessible or workable or usable and you demand something else and they will offer you a new solution. Uh, But again, that's a different topic for a different day, but there is a larger agenda in play when it comes to all of our social systems. uh, And uncontrolled, unregulated immigration is part of that tactic to destroy that social system and that social fabric. But we're going to get into the... Um, you want to switch gears and, and get over to uh, to Matt Hancock? Why not? Yeah. All right. So moving right along here into uh, the former health secretary, uh, Matt Hancock, uh, you don't really care for him all that much, do you? I mean, you didn't at the I time. I would
1: not. I would not piss upon him
0: if he were on fire. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well now that you've seen the uh the, the revelation again another distraction but we're going to talk about it anyway matt hancock was asked within their private; these are the private whatsapp uh messages that were out what do we do next we frighten the pants of everyone with a new strain but the complication with that brexit is taking the top line and the uh the man here, who's who's damon Poole? who is this guy do you know who this is who he's having the conversation with? I think he's um, a, another conservative MP. Oh, he is. Okay. Um, well, he says, yep, yeah. that's what will get proper behavior change. You hear this? Proper behavior change. Yeah. He says, when do we deploy the new variant? Well, he says, been thinking about this, uh, and we think we need to be more cautious, uh, than uh, the strain that is. think you made the point earlier, but we need to keep schools off, paperwork, off the paperwork and agenda. So- um, He went on BBC the next day and said this. You said uh, recently that the virus was under control. Yes. Is it? No. Uh,
2: it, it's not. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control and this news about the new variant has been a, 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 an incredibly difficult end to frankly an awful year and it's important for everybody to act, uh, essentially act like they might have the virus.
0: And that's the way that we can control it together. Do, do you remember the campaign that they ran across the UK, Act Like You've Got It? Do you, do you remember that?
1: I I may, it may be somewhere in the back of my mind, but I didn't pay <laughs> Act any like attention yes. yes, Act Like You've Got It was, anything was one of the things that yes. the government was saying. Yes, uh, uh, and bro, then, yeah, go on. Yeah, go ahead. Quick,
0: Damon down. Damon Poole is uh, an advisor. He's the media advisor.
1: Ah, uh, right. Okay, so... Yeah, he's a staffer. And of course, mm-hmm. he will have been getting information via SAGE, the scientific scientific advisory group, which contains more behavioral scientists and psychologists and sociologists than it did virologists and immunologists. And I, on
0: that point, I might have an answer for you on that, but I am in the process of working on that angle of it too. Do you remember I told you I got the answer to two questions the other day? One I was looking for an answer for and the second one I wasn't. The second one that I didn't discuss with you explains that. So uh uh-huh. we I can should talk look, about look forward to that. Yeah, we can talk. We haven't we haven't discussed all the intricate details of that yet, but I'm in the process of trying to dissect that as well. So there's another side to that. Bruce and I discussed it for what was it? About an hour and a half the other day and Yeah. About yeah. There's a reason that all of our countries were advised by people like SAGE out of the UK, and they brought in more behavioral psychologists... Than anything else and that's a perfect example of what this is there's a reason that that was done and it goes back to the 1960s but we can discuss that at another time
1: yeah looking forward to that one but if anyone does look at the clip of hancock uh which i'm pretty sure is on our um, telegram feed uh you'll see he's he's giving a liar's tell which is that unblinking stare he is trying to make eye contact with, I think it's Jonathan Marr, whose program he was on, and unblinkingly staring him in the eye to try and be sincere. When you are naturally not telling a lie, when you're telling the truth, it doesn't matter where you're looking. You, you behave differently, naturally, in comparison to that sham that was going on there. And of course, that was that was when he was still health secretary. That's why on the video he's wearing an NHS lapel badge, uh, because I'm health secretary. I'm I'm really caring and and considerate and and loving to all of the population, apart from the all the old people that I'm going to effectively kill um, by the use of a death row drug. And he was, in, that was the clip we played, that was him on the
0: BBC. This is him in Parliament, the House of Parliament at Westminster the next day. We
2: have identified a new variant of coronavirus, which may be associated with the faster spread in the Southeast of England. Initial analysis suggests that this variant is growing faster than the existing variants. We've currently identified over a thousand cases with this variant, predominantly in the south of England, although cases have been identified in nearly 60 different local authority areas and numbers are increasing rapidly. We've seen very sharp, exponential rises in the virus across London, Kent, parts of Essex and Hertfordshire, because when the virus is growing exponentially, there is not a moment to spare.
0: The health secretary has told MPs that London and parts of Essex and Hertfordshire will move into England's highest tier of Covid restrictions on Wednesday. Under the tier three rules, shops can stay open, but bars, pubs, cafes and restaurants must stay closed except for delivery and takeaway. Indoor entertainment venues such as bowling alleys, theatres and cinemas will shut. You can't mix indoors, in private gardens or in most outdoor venues except with your household or bubble. And people are advised not to travel to and and from tier three areas.
2: We have to take swift and decisive action, which unfortunately is absolutely essential to
0: control this deadly disease while the vaccine is rolled out. And it was all a load of bull. As a matter of fact, the text messages go on to a to a personal conversation between him and George Osborne over at the Evening Standard, saying with Hancock saying, "You know, I got a lot of uh, quotas that I have to meet. Got to get a lot of shots and a lot of arms. So I'm going to need your help over there to uh, to push push the op ed to make sure that that gets done. No problem. We'll get on it." But I I'd forgotten about that tear scheme. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, it it was a test run for 15 minute city is All it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, the lies, the, the, the evil lies that were being told in a place where truth and fact should be spoken, but it was just a sham. And, you know, the reason, I think one of the reasons, because there's always more than one reasons why these deceitful, machiavellian bastards do this stuff uh, is that if people were mixing if people were talking to each other there'd be a couple of things happening one is information real information would start to get spread around and the other thing is those little antigens that uh, people need to breathe in from each other to build up immune systems would have started to work and this my heart goes out and i i'm gonna I'm, I'm not even gonna bother apologizing for saying what i'm about to say it wasn't a deadly disease yes people died from covid but those people would have probably died from the flu or some other condition that that they encountered it wasn't deadly it had a 99.73 percent survival rate yeah, there was that fear. There was that project fear. We're gonna scare the pants off them with the new variant. He's a cunt. There's, there's no other word for it. He's, he's an absolute what i just said so you don't have to beat that out again
0: yeah 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 and uh, you know i i think we're supposed to be focused on on hancock here as i said that he's the pound of flesh he's the one they're going to throw to the wolves it looks like but what does that say about the uh the upper the upper echelons of the nhs that ran those those fear campaigns you remember the uh bruce you remember that before christmas it was uh look in the eyes look look him in the eyes do you remember that that was yeah, horrible I do remember that yeah, that, was that was horrible yeah that was horrible to, to do to people. And then the BBC, with all of their trash that they ran, the, the Good Morning shows, Good Morning Britain with, uh, you know, and, and Jeremy Vine and all these characters, all these people, all these people get to skate on all the propaganda and BS that they shoveled at everybody. Sage, all these sage advisors, they're getting uh, knighted and and everything else. These people should be
1: thrown in shackles and cast into the darkest pits. The, the worst kind of person that you might encounter in any situation, or a person least likely to be persuaded of any other course of action is a true believer. Someone who truly believes that what they're doing is um, the most important thing and nothing should deter them. And I think an awful lot of people fell into that category when it came to COVID. They didn't want to be responsible for somebody else's death they didn't want to uh, let the side down if it was their job to promote the the restrictions, the precautions. So not everybody in the NHS and not everybody in the BBC are evil. Granted, in fact, most granted. of the people are, are not. But you're quite right. A lot of those people at the very higher levels uh, of that organisation are in on the gag. They know what, what is actually going on. And it's it's top-down management that has pushed our media the way it is, has pushed our NHS to do what it did, um, and is pushing our government. You know, amongst the 620 members of parliament, or however however many it is, not all of them are evil, but there are some. And they don't have to bribe, blackmail, or threaten all of them they only need to do the leadership. That's and, true. And that's true. And that's, that's, that's so, you know, if, if there is a, a raffle, some kind of lottery to see who gets to, um, duly punish Matt Hancock. I want to know where I can buy a ticket. Okay. So let, let's
0: talk about just, okay, let's look at the leadership then, or or even the advisors, such as um, uh, Professor Ferguson himself, Mr. Armageddon. These are people that handed down these advisements and and promoted the, uh, the lines of what people should do, what they shouldn't do. And they themselves broke the rules. Yeah, because they knew that it, it didn't matter whether they broke the rules right. or not. Exactly. So don't you think it's just a little bit hypocritical? But then again, was there any evidence? Was there any evidence that any of the rules were broken? Let's ask the man who was in charge at the time.
3: I believe that uh, what we were doing was within the rules. And that's why I, why I said what I said to, to Parliament. And I think what's so interesting about the report today is that after 10 months of, of effort and sifting through all the, uh, the innumerable WhatsApps uh, and, and messages, um, they found absolutely no evidence to suggest otherwise. And there's absolutely nothing to show that any advisor of mine or uh, civil servant uh, told me, warned me in advance that an event might be uh, against the rules. Nothing to say that afterwards they thought it was against the rules. Nothing to to show that um, I, myself, uh, believed or was worried that something was against the rules. So that, that, for me, is a pretty astonishing Gap. Given the huge amount of stuff that they have, and you know, given also, frankly, that not all the the testimony that they have comes from uh, people who are necessarily on my on my side, as it were. And so, I just want to want, want to repeat uh, the reason there's that gap. The reason there's no evidence to show that uh, I must have known or I, I, I must have believed that uh, illegal events were taking place is because I didn't. And I thought we were fighting COVID to the best of our ability in very difficult circumstances in number 10, in the cabinet office, uh, n- night and day. And I believe that what we were doing was in conformity with the, the COVID
1: regulation. So that is what, Can what, what I Can you shut that gun me, up, please? Uh, in parliament and... <laughs> yes, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Because every word out of his mouth is a lie. Again, if our listeners watch the video... Who's doing his hair these days? It's text? like, it, it, well, th- this was some time ago because this this is after the partygate report came out. Yeah, but he and was talking so,
0: there about the the WhatsApp messages. This was just something that uh, th- that he said the other day.
1: Uh, no, this this is, is that is well, that an old maybe, clip. Maybe, that's an old clip. That's okay. that's immediately. Right. That's while he's that was while he was still prime minister before he resigned. And I, you're gonna have to help me out here. And the reason I don't remember these people's name is because I think we give far too much respect and uh, and honour to these people who've put themselves forward into public life. The civil servant who wrote the report on Partygate took months to do it, took a, a, you know long enough to, uh, whilst Boris tried to fortify his position. Um, she has just... Taken the job of chief of staff for Keir Starmer in the Labour Party. So I very much doubt, given that she's now prepared to jump on board with the Labour Party, that she would have said anything favourable about the Conservative government um, in her report. And there were things in in her report that said he was aware they did do this, they did do that. They didn't care. That video shows him doing, you know, high school production acting. That's all he's doing. The over accentuation uh, of his phraseology, um, his gesticulation, his facial expressions. He's he's someone hamming up a role. He's playing a part and he's not doing it very well. As someone who has trod the boards, uh, I know that you have to do that level of, um, you have to be bigger than you actually are when you're on stage. It's a little bit different on camera, which he was. You you tone it down for when you're on camera because it's more natural. But on a stage, in a theatre, you have to be more expansive and that's exactly what Boris a big pram-filling, lying bastard Johnson, was doing in that clip. But yeah, the top civil servant who is supposed to be totally impartial, has ditched her job and moved over to, or will be moving over to the Labour Party. So we can expect a Labour government in the next general election. Was her name Sue Gray?
0: I, I can't remember who what her name was, but uh, I just know Starma, and I mean, you know, if if it's any indication that he's going to fight for for the working class as he fights that uh, that heavy bag, and that's Well, gymnasio. no, because
1: he doesn't give a toss about Westminster; he only cares about Davos. He did because say that, Davos yeah. is a place where people can come together and talk. It's not a shouting match. No, of course it's not a shouting match. How many military briefings um, or The the number of military briefings I've attended, it's one voice who's given the brief. It's a set of instructions. That's what happens at Davos. There may be a brief exchange of ideas, at which point the leader goes, right, we're using that idea, that idea, and that idea, and we're doing this bit my way. And it's it's a one-way transmission, which is what Starmer wants, uh, and he doesn't like debate, clearly.
0: And speaking of uh, uh, wanting debate, apparently in this guy's mind, there isn't any. Uh, This is a gentleman by the name of Tobias Elwood. He is the UK's chair of defense select committee. Do you know who this gentleman is? I've heard of him. Yes. Yes. Well, he was just on Sky News stating the following.
3: We are now at war in Europe. We need to move to a war footing. We are involved in that. We've mobilized our procurement processes. We're gifting equipment. We need to face Russia directly and reckon that rather than leaving Ukraine to do all the work.
1: Well, apart from the fact that Pee Wee Herman did his hair, we're not at war with Russia. At what point did we declare war against Russia? Actually, at what de- point?
0: Actually, they declared war on us, but that's another conversation for a well, minute. Yeah,
1: but at the same, at the same time... If, and only if, Russia's advance went as far as the western border of Ukraine, how much difference would that make to the average man in the street? Depends on how Not you Not a great at it. deal. Depends on how Not you Not a great at it. deal. But i tell you who it will make difference to. It will make difference to the globalist elite who've got all their money invested into what the Ukraine will, will, will become into that first digital society. Uh, and where their money is being laundered and where the dodgy research labs are that are probably doing way more than just gain-of-function on a, on a virus. They're probably doing, you know, fully-fledged genetic modification of humans. Well, I'd say uh, it's, probably, it's probably what's happening there. At,
0: well, it's, it's entirely possible that that's what could have taken place before, but uh, nearest I can tell that uh, when, uh, w- when the Russians went in there, all of those places got uh, sanitized, if you will.
1: Well, if they were all in that dangerous region along the border, yeah, yeah, then yes, yeah. probably. Um, no, but I'm, I don't, I don't believe that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious on one thing though. I mean, I'm familiar with with how the system works in uh, most of these European countries. I'm familiar with how it works in the U.S. Obviously. I'm sadly, I'm, I'm negligent or neglectful, I guess, in in understanding your process. If you guys were to declare in the UK, if you guys were to declare war or go on a war footing or, or whatever, what is your actual process to do that?
1: Well, first of all, there'd be a vote in the House of Commons. The Security Committee, Cobra, would meet. The Prime Minister and the leader of the opposition would take the paper to be signed by King Charles, uh, at which point we would be at war. I'd
0: just like to point out you don't say King Charles with very much enthusiasm for being an Englishman.
1: The word nearly stuck in my throat. (laughs) I've always, I say always, I've, I've been through a sinusoidal journey in terms of how I feel towards the royal family. When I was a kid, I thought that seems a bit unfair. Why should they have everything? Then when I was in the armed forces and realised that being a member of the royal family is work, they have virtually no privacy. They are very busy people. They have such a high, or did have such a high standard to maintain, at which point I started to appreciate what it means for the country to have a royal family. In recent years, uh, with all of the scandals with the way in which they've behaved, with the way in which Charles Windsor happily goes to Davos and speaks at uh, at the WEF, and the way he got prodded in the chest by Rothschild, you know, I've, I don't know anymore. I really don't know. I feel politically homeless because I'm a conservative and I couldn't uh, trust this conservative party as far as I could throw them or any party for that matter, so politically homeless, and no longer sure that the monarchy is the right way for this country to go. We're all
0: politically homeless, to be fair. And I I think it's it goes to a, a larger point, not just in our own countries either, even outside of that, because it seems like they're all, you know, the, the leadership of all these political parties, it's like they're all on the same page, and they don't have the people's interest at heart, no matter which way you look. So... I don't think we're alone in that. I mean, if you if you're to look out in uh, the streets of uh, of the UK every weekend, you guys are out protesting against 15 minute cities. I agree with those people, you know. So I I don't I don't think that the numbers are as large as they would have us think. But at the same time, you know, it's also uh, is kind of um uh, it's kind of shameful that we still have uh, at least at least our our medias in our countries. I mean the the stuff that they put out is just it's just
1: demoralizing to a lot of people i think it it's okay once you realize that it's all lies because then you can then you can uh, it's it's like water off a duck's back but there are people out there that are still believing everything the bbc says or itv news uh you know that they are still believing the the propaganda and it is demoralizing for them because they're seeing so much fear so much misery when the truth is actually things aren't that bad you don't need to be scared and we could still turn this around but the chances of it being turned around uh, to to a you know a positive growth economy again are few, few and far between because they're not working towards that they're working towards quite the opposite. They want the country broken.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you on that. Uh, And I I think that, you know, I'm in the same boat with you, but we've got a long way to go. Uh, We've got a long, uh, long fight ahead of us. And I'm not entirely sure, you know, again, it's, we're gonna get into this later, but, uh, and I know I keep kind of building this up, but there's just so much work that needs to be done before we actually get into it. And we've got so much research that we've got to do, but, I was telling Bruce and, and I said yesterday, I said at, at the close of, the, uh, of our uh, broadcast yesterday, I said, we've got the ability to show people what's going on, but you've got to be able to get people to not only care about it, but you've got to have them able to understand it. Simply presenting something and proving something to somebody is easy enough at least this day and age, it's easy enough. But getting people to care about it and then getting them to understand it so they can care about it and move forward, that's a whole nother topic in and of itself. That's a whole nother challenge like I said, we can't even get people off the television at the moment. I mean, it's still it's still difficult to do that. And so I think once their comfortable life, as I said yesterday, starts to dwindle, your lights don't come on when you flip the switch, clean water doesn't come out of your tap, or you, you can't put bread on the table for your family, then things are going to start to change. But I fear
1: that by that point, it will almost be too late, to be honest. And um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right, because by the time society has dropped to that level i don't think there'll be even half as many of us still here breathing on the planet as as there are right now i think we've become very reliant on these um modern living luxuries like fresh water out of the tap like heating and lighting that you don't have to do any uh physical work to achieve because people are so used to modern living when that luxury is taken away from them they won't survive that long they simply won't survive there's a lot of people who will who will die you know not not to put too fine a point on it because they'll be too cold they'll be malnourished they'll get dysentery and their goal is to reduce the population. We know that, we've talked about it a number of times. And there's all sorts of methods that they're using to make that happen. Because they know people are like any other animal, give them enough food, give them enough shelter, they'll reproduce. But under the globalist elites control and not their own free will and freedoms, that's that's what the plan is. That's the way I see it anyway. Understandable.
0: As I said, that's another conversation for another day.
1: we got a lot of work to do. Yeah. You got any final thoughts? No, I'm drained. I'm totally drained. I'm, I'm going to go and watch some ridiculous comedy to cheer myself up before going to bed. Uh, I think Eddie or is on Channel 4 tonight. Yeah, I, I won't be watching Channel 4 then. By the way, it's Susie <laughs> now. That's Susie uh, now. Right? And its pronouns are it's that,
0: I believe. We're going to go ahead and call this one done. Gentlemen, I'd like to thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening.